Welcome to Small Biz Brainiac, providing employer intelligence that helps you navigate the regulatory landscape and keep you on course running the business you love. Here's your host, Thomas Rock Lindsay. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 57 Workplace Anti Violence and Firearms Policies. My name is Thomas Rock Lindsay, and I am your small business buddy, instructor, and servant. And I'm here to help you thrive in your role as an employer. This is where small business owners gain employer intelligence in around seven minutes every Tuesday and Thursday. And in the last episode, we learned about guns in the workplace. And I reminded you about your duty to maintain a safe workplace, one that's free from serious recognized hazards. As part of fulfilling your duties, you'll need a workplace anti-violence policy. And many of you will also need a separate firearms policy. That's what we'll learn about on this episode of Small Biz Brainiac. Let's rock this. Workplace violence is a complicated subject because the definition is so broad. It includes physical threats, bullying, verbal abuse, and physical abuse, including homicide, the worst kind of physical violence. Clearly, a safe workplace is critical to employee job satisfaction and productivity. Every employer should have a workplace anti-violence policy And you'll also need a separate gun, firearm, or weapons policy, depending on what you want to call it, and depending on whether or not you have employees in a state with a parking lot storage law. If you want to ban all weapons, and you don't have employees in a state with a parking lot storage law, then you can incorporate the weapons ban into your anti-violence policy. First, let's talk about the elements of your anti-violence policy. It should be easy to read and understand. It should state your position on workplace violence. A no-tolerance position is highly recommended, and it should also apply to your customers and vendors. You should define it. What constitutes workplace violence? Explain the process for reporting an incident. Describe the disciplinary ramifications for violating the policy. And if you have an employee assistance benefit plan, explain the services that are available to an employee who is the victim of workplace violence. It's really important you train your employees on the policy, especially on how you define violence, how to report it, and what ramifications are for an employee, customer, or vendor who violates it. As for your gun policy, you'll need to address the parking lot storage laws and either ban all other possession, or permit legal possession, or permit only legal concealed carry possession. Let's look at the elements of a parking lot storage policy. According to a 50-state survey of workplace firearm laws that I found on laborrelationslawinsider.com, there are 25 states with some form of a parking lot storage law. Most of these laws allow your employees to store a firearm in a locked, privately owned vehicle parked in your parking lot. There are many variations from state to state, so you need to read the law that applies to you and create your policy around it. You'll find a link to the 50-state survey in the show notes. Let me give you an example of an employer that was sued for wrongful termination because they did not have a parking lot storage policy, even though the law existed. Mississippi is an employment at will state, and they also have a parking lot storage law. Robert Swindle worked for Aurora Flight Sciences Corporation in Columbus, Mississippi. And in May 2013, he parked his truck in Aurora's employee parking lot with his firearm locked inside. Aurora's management learned of the firearm, and fired Robert later that day for violating company policy prohibiting firearms on its property. 
Aurora's human resource manager then held a plant-wide meeting to inform employees that Robert was a security risk and that they should call 911 if they ever see him near the facility. Robert sued Aurora, seeking damages for wrongful discharge and defamation under state law. A circuit court dismissed his claims, so he appealed the decision. And in August 2015, the United States District Court for the Northern District of Mississippi asked the Mississippi Supreme Court to clarify a question of the effect of Mississippi Code Section 45-9-55, the parking lot storage law. On August 8, 2016, the district court ruled that the dismissal of the defamation claim was upheld, but the dismissal of the wrongful discharge claim was reversed, thereby allowing Robert's lawsuit to proceed. So despite the fact that Mississippi is an employment at will state, the parking lot storage law created a situation where an employer may be liable for wrongful discharge if they violate the law. This is why you need a compliant firearms policy in place. Now, if you're banning all other possession, then that's pretty straightforward and easy to explain, but you'll still need to spell it out. And don't forget to post the required conspicuous signage at all entrances. For example, Tennessee's law requires you to conspicuously post specific signage in prominent locations, including all entrances used by individuals entering the property. Now, if you're going to allow permitted concealed carry employees to bring a gun to work, then here's some elements to consider adding to your policy. Require employees who want to carry to notify you and keep a log. Require they provide a copy of their permit. Prohibit them from showing their firearm to anyone in the workplace unless there's a situation where they need to draw and defend life. Let them know that this is a privilege you're allowing, but that it may be revoked. Require the firearm be maintained on their person and concealed or in a closed purse, briefcase, or backpack that is stored where employees' personal effects are normally kept, and not just in the desk drawer or some other place where another employee might come across it. Decide who you're going to share this information with, supervisors, executives, your HR manager. In an article dated March 25, 2014, MarketWatch reported that Yvette Ross, a concealed carry permit holder and a branch manager at Wells Fargo Bank in Florida, would often take her gun to work. And sometimes she would leave it in her car, other times she'd take it in. Wells Fargo bans employees from bringing guns into the workplace except where permission is granted by the bank chief security officer and the policy prohibiting guns is published in the employee handbook. Now, Wells Fargo's corporate security received a complaint that Ross was bringing a gun to work, so they went to the branch, asked her if she had a gun in her car and if she'd ever brought it inside the building. She said yes, and then the following week she was fired. She said she never displayed the gun at work and that she isn't sure how the bank knew about it although she did tell her boss that she had a concealed weapons permit. She then sued the bank, saying it violated her constitutional rights and other protections under Florida law. I can't find any news about the ultimate disposition of this case, and I was only able to find in a discussion board that Wells Fargo branches in Florida don't post signs banning possession in the building, so I'm not sure if that's accurate or not. So did she bring the gun to work despite posted signs? Did the lack of posted signs make it okay for her to bring the gun inside despite Wells Fargo's policy banning guns in the work as published in their employee manual? In another story from the Chicago Tribune on January 14, 2016, an employee of a cell phone retailer with a concealed carry permit foiled an armed robbery by shooting two robbers. The store allows employees with concealed carry permits to have weapons at work 
even though they have a no concealed weapons sign conspicuously posted on their door. The moral of these examples is that you need to have a policy that corresponds with the law that's consistent, clear, and well communicated. Well, there you have it. No recap for today. But remember, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to ask me. The advice is free, but it isn't cheap. Now just go to smallbizbrainiac.com and ask away. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Small Biz Brainiac. To get your questions answered by Thomas directly, visit smallbizbrainiac.com. And for more employer intelligence, be sure to join us again here on Small Biz Brainiac.